Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. I'm really pleased to have Rob Moon with me today. And the how might we, he would like to talk about today is how might we get our sales teams back up to speed quickly and adapt to the changing needs of our client base. Okay, Rob, so welcome and thank you. Uh, hello. Time to come in. So would you like hello, to introduce Robert. yourself to the listeners, please? Yes, hello everybody. I'm Rob Moon. My sales background was, uh, was mainly at uh, Yale. I was at Yale for about 21 years. I did uh, eight years in sales and then 13 years in their L&D department, mainly doing telesales and field sales training, but also ventured off into a bit of customer service and management and leadership skills training and one-to-one coaching, etc. All the good stuff that an in-house L&D person does these days. I've now been running my own training company, Rob Moon Training Limited, for the last six years. And I go up and down the country seeing all my lovely clients in all sorts of sectors for all sorts of reasons. So I thought I'd just come along today and talk about something that, that is, is quite interesting and timely. Okay, yes. So welcome. And just want to, so you've said it's about how do we get our sales teams back up to speed quickly, especially with the changing needs of our client base. So why mm-hmm. do you think that's uh, so appropriate these days? I just think with everything that's been going on in the last four or five months especially I think lots of sales teams are going to be in very very different situations you will have some that have been able to just carry on virtually as normal depending on what what sector they're in you're going to have others that have been maybe trying to carry on but having to just work from home and not go out on the road and see customers Uh, and then you're going to have another section of the sales um, environment where they've just been furloughed and literally been sat on their hands for a few months. But how does all that sort of come back out to play, if you like? And I think the thing that sparked the the initial thought about doing this kind of conversation with you, Scott, was was when I realised that the the football season was starting again, <laughs> and all those all those you know Premiership and Championship teams were were coming back out to play, and they hadn't that they all virtually almost needed another pre season. And some were saying, oh, it's too soon, we're not ready, we, we need more weeks of training, we need, need more of this, we need more of that. And it was clear as soon as the game started that some teams were quicker to get back at it than others. Some bounced back and performed a lot better than they were pre-lockdown. And then there's other teams that have really struggled since lockdown given their great form before lockdown. And I thought, I wonder how closely this mirrors what could potentially be going on with some sales teams out there. So that's what kind of encouraged the, the thoughts that I've, that, that I've had about it. And, and that's an interesting analogy about the football. You can see that teams that were performing well before and then not quite so well afterwards and vice versa. And other teams just seem to have continued at the same sort of level. So have you had any conversations with any, anyone in the sales field where you think that these are, these, these are things they're considering and thinking about at the moment? Yeah, I think, I think initially when, when lockdown struck, some of my more forward thinking, you know, better quality, if you like, clients were putting an arm around their customers and being very empathetic and really gave that impression that they were there for them, there to help them, there to encourage them, help them through this difficult time, etc. And then there was a few that, that, that sort of just stuck their, their head in the sand. 
And now that things are relaxing a little bit, they're coming back saying, we might need you back in soon, Rob, because we're going to start to go back out soon. And I'm thinking, well, what are you doing between making that decision to go back out selling again and actually going out selling again? Are you just going to say to your people, right, off to go. We're back at it now. All the best. Good luck. Crack on. I don't think that's going to work that, that well, really, especially if people have been either working from home in a very different environment and having different kinds of conversations, some on the phone instead of face-to-face, which is a very different skill set anyway. And then you've got the furloughed crowd who have been used to sitting in the garden and, and having a, a nice time for a few months. I'm just wondering how long it will take some individuals to get back up to speed having had such a, such a break, if you like. And while they're getting back up to speed, how many opportunities are they missing? Okay. At the end of the day, unless there's any training and coaching put in ahead of going back out, they're going to have to practice on their customers and that makes, that makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. <laughs> so the risk, so if we look at some of the things that might happen with these sales teams coming back is sort of the, sort of the downsides, the risks is the risk mm. of what opportunities they miss, which you've highlighted. And I think we discussed this off, off recording earlier. It was also the risk, yeah. and the risk to the brand. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because if, if you go in there sort of all guns blazing, you've got another fresh target to achieve. You, you, there, there is a danger that you're going to go in there <clears throat> with, with your agenda, giving the impression that you've been very salesy, quite pushy, quite aggressive, because you want to get off to a great start. And, and that can damage your reputation with that customer. <clears throat> and then quite con- and consequently, it will damage the reputation of your customer, your, your company's brand with that customer. And I think that there's something that says for every one customer that complains, another 21 just vote with their feet. And I think over the next three to six months, if you start to lose customers, it could be a telltale sign that, this is where you got it wrong with them. That that those that those initial few conversations coming back out of lockdown, you didn't quite you weren't quite empathetic enough, you didn't ask the right questions, you didn't listen well enough, all of that kind of thing. It was back onto your agenda. Because as a business, you're gonna to want to bounce forward from this. You're gonna want your sales teams to do really well. You're gonna want individuals to hit targets and everything. But how you know it's one thing telling them what to do but i think the how could be very different so that's interesting because what you've said a couple of times now you talk about the sales as a conversation and then you're talking about is the is there are you empathetic enough mm. the sales team rather yeah. and pushy so do you think that <clears throat> that is going to be one of the biggest shifts that we're going to see pre-covid and post-covid is about um, before we might be driven by targets and we've got these relationships now things have changed so much we need to be much more empathetic going back into the marketplace definitely scott you know for me fundamentally the the structure of the sale doesn't change you know a good salesperson who's got a good steps of the sale in place you know a good introduction a great investigation or fat find they stay they uncover needs they sell to needs they tailor their 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 sales presentations appropriately they sell value they sell suitability they close things well they they negotiate, all of that will stay in place. That sales structure doesn't change. But I think some of the language in there may well need to change with some 
of their clients. So the part of the phase of the sale I'm particularly interested in, in looking into is, the, is that fact find. I think that fact find in the past used to be uncovering issues, uncovering goals. Here's how we can solve that or help you with that and all that sort of thing. But now I think, I think we need to be very empathetic and a bit gentler with our questioning just to see what kind of impact and consequences the last four or five months have had on our customers and uncover how differently they feel now and uncover what their needs are now because those needs may well have changed. They, they may well need more from you. They may well need less from you. They may, they may well be in a great position and have money to spend with you or consequently because of COVID, they, might, they haven't got the budgets they used to have. So it's about prioritising their spend. So I think this fact finding and the questioning skills that are in place are going to be a lot more sort of drilled down. We need to drill down in these conversations a lot deeper. We need to ask more why type, more why type questions, impact and consequence questions. Just have that conversation through a lens of genuine curiosity. I wonder what effect this has all had on this customer that I'm speaking to right now. And I think if we start to drill down to that level with that empathetic, almost, you know, finding out the impacts and, and in turn that might uncover a few needs for our, our products and services. So it's I mean, that sounds like what salespeople should have been doing anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's no getting away from that. Definitely. But do you think that COVID then is actually shone? Because I was talking to somebody else and they, they said their view of what COVID's done is actually shone a light on some of the evolutions that have happened in the workplace over the last three or five years, 10 years. Yeah. Um, and yeah. maybe accelerated that transition or that transformation we're going through. So Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I call them your bang average six out of 10 salespeople. Uh, these people that sometimes hit target, sometimes don't hit target. They, they kind of just hum along, if you like, just keeping their head above water. I think, I think some of them, uh, like you say, COVID will shine a light on a few of the weaknesses and the adaptability and the creativity of a few salespeople to just think a bit differently and think a bit more empathetically. And, and I, I like that, that, that phraseology, actually, that, that, you, that you talked about then, Scott, about shining a light on. And I think some, some will get found out because over the last, like you say, three to five years, the way that salespeople sell has evolved. There's, there's now social media involved and social selling, LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, we, and lots of people go about it a little bit differently. But I think um, following COVID, the ones that were getting away with certain aspects of their style or approach, those styles and approaches might get a little bit found out. So do you think sales moving forward would become a sort of, which sounds like kind of counterintuitive, has become more selfless? Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. The, the one thing we want to give is the impression that we're there to help, not there to sell. And I think if we can explain through almost, you know, something called third party selling, if you can explain how you've helped others and the benefits they've reaped from that, 
it's almost like verbalizing testimonials and case studies and things like that, rather than what we do, what we're great at, we're brilliant, we're this, we're that. You've got to be a little bit more, I think, believable. I think, I think you need to be more believable. Do you want to, I think that could be a challenge. Drill down on that believable bit. Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll quote uh, another trainer friend of mine, if I may, Mark Blackmore, and he came up with something called the single sales principle that says a sale happens when a compelling need is met with a credible solution at perceived value. So we have to get compelling needs, so, so, uh, a need that, that, that our customer is willing to do something about or desperately needs to do something about. But the, the credible solution is something that we can put in place as a solution that's believable so that that customer gets the impression that, you know what, I can really feel and see this actually working rather than, do you know what, I'm not sure about this, but I'll take a punt on it. Because I think customers used to do that in the past, but they not, might not be able to moving forward. So <clears throat> I think we need to have more credibility and believability behind what we're providing as solutions. And I think the way to go about that is, is by providing more case studies, testimonials, that kind of thing. And coming, and coming at it through that lens of helpfulness rather than through a, a very transparent lens that I'm just here to sell you something. It's interesting when you talked about what, so that sort of, I quite like that analogy. So we need something that's, that's uh, the customer needs to, desperately needs to see that's, that's, that's an area that needs an improvement or they need a solution to you. And it's mm. how they feel. Now you you yeah. would feel first. So how yes, they feel absolutely. this will solve it. Yeah, because every single purchase we make is made with the emotional side of our brain. Everything, whether it's a, 10 grand holiday somewhere posh or or a Mars bar. Every single purchase is made with the emotional side of our brain. So therefore, our customer needs to feel like buying from us, if that makes sense. Uh, They have have to feel that it's going to work for them. And and I think there's there's those, like I referred to earlier, those six out of 10 salespeople don't engage well enough emotionally with their customers. So it's things like if you uncover a need, it's not just taking that need at face value. It's, it's asking, well, what's the impact of that? What will the consequences be if that's not put right for you? How does that make you feel? And I think there's not enough of that level of drilling down in, in a lot of the sales conversations that I've heard over the last five, 10 years. I think lots of salespeople tend to just skim the surface with their questioning. But once you learn to drill down and look at it through a genuine lens of curiosity, then you do start asking these impact and consequence questions and, and, and consequently, how, how would that make you feel? And once you engage at that level, that's the thing you sell against. Yeah. So if, for example, I was talking to a market trader and, and he says, I, I need to sell 10 more apples a week. Why do you need to sell 10 more apples a week? Because that's I, apples is the thing I make most profit on. Okay. So what, what would be the impact to your business if you sold 10 more apples a week? Well, I, could, I might be able to get enough money put aside to, to open a second store. 
all right, why do you want to open a second store? Because, well, hopefully I could make enough money off that to retire early. All right, okay, brilliant. What would be the consequences if that didn't happen? Well, I'd be stuck here forever and I don't want that. Okay, so the impact of you selling 10 more apples a week is the fact that you can retire earlier. Yeah? Okay, well, let's help you retire earlier. Not sell 10 more apples a week. Let's go with the emotional need. The need behind the need, if you like. And you can't get to the need behind the need unless you ask those, those styles of questions in that way. So the first thing for me, that is that sounds quite similar to when you do negotiation and hostage negotiation. Oh, right. Okay. Because <laughs> no, when somebody says something, when somebody says, I want, so you, you watch the movies and they'll say, I want a, a 10 million pounds and I want a heli- helicopter and all this sort of stuff. They, they yeah. are, they're basically how they've strategy they've got in their head about achieving a bigger goal. Yeah. Now, once you actually say to them and said, well, what is it that these would give you? Then in negotiation, you're starting to peel back and you're starting to understand what they're mm. actually wanting to achieve so it's not just there because i say when somebody says that that's this person has decided that's their route to early retirement Hmm. because if you can uncover that's the need then as a salesperson i suppose you can then start looking at different routes that you might be able to offer that are much more absolutely and and deliverable yeah now that i know that the real plan the real need is to retire earlier i can focus on that as the goal if you like and, and be a critical friend to that business to help them achieve that. Because if it was only to sell 10 more apples a week, that certainly doesn't float my boat as a salesperson. I can easily help you sell 10 more apples a week, just move where they're positioned, put a bigger sign up, <laughs> change the price, shout about them. I can do the, the bland stuff. But now I might be creative enough to think of other ways to help you achieve what you need to achieve. It, once I know the real goal and once I know the emotional meaning behind it. So that's, that's an interesting concept. So we, we've talked about finding the need behind the need, as you call it, mm. and how that sort of, I think in any type of negotiation or experiences is, is a powerful connection to make. And then what you said is it, it helps us get more creative in our solutions or potential solutions. So what yeah. role do you think the organizations have as I said, these people are coming back now. What role do you think the yeah. organizations have in one helping mm. do it, but also creating an environment where salespeople feel empowered to have those conversations and potentially look for yeah. not a off-the-shelf solution, if you if you know not. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, th- I think organizations and senior leaders and team managers need to need to be beating the drum of quality over quantity. So if you're sending your field sales reps back out on the road for the first time again, you know, don't saddle them with a target of achieving X number of appointments because I can go out there and bang on 10 doors, mission accomplished. I haven't got anywhere. I haven't sold anything. I haven't had great conversations, but I've, I've done the 10, 10 door knocks you wanted me to do. So make sure that before they go out, they're armed with, with the skills they need now, because your some of your customers' needs may well have changed. You know, is it safe to start asking them for money again? Is it safe to start asking for the business again? What kind of situations are they in? And we, and we need to uncover all of that and do the kind of questioning that, that I talked about earlier to, to uncover where they're at right now. 
rather than just bullet a barn door. We're back. We're back out selling. How much do you want to put your usual order in? Well, no, hang on, because things have changed at my end. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> and, 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 and that sets you off on the wrong foot. It damages your relationship. And like you mentioned earlier, Scott, damages the brand and everything. So I think, I th I think sales teams need to be pulled in. They need to be pulled together. I think the one thing that's going to really help is a sense of teamwork. I think teamwork is going to be really, really important because I, I know teams of 8, 10, 12 people who they hardly communicate with each other all week. They only see each other once a month at the sales team meeting at head office or whatever, and then off they go again. But if you have a piece of success and you have a great conversation, why can't we jump on a Zoom call for 10 minutes at the end of the day or arrange a conference call so I can share that? If I've had a bad day and a difficult day and what we, what we talked about hasn't worked for me, why can't I get together with another colleague or two and talk about that and work together more and share our successes, share our disappointments, share what's worked, what's not worked? I think that teamwork is going to be absolutely vital. And I think the, the manager's got a lot, a lot to play with that to create that culture where it's, where it's safe to, to, to have that in place as well. So, I mean, if you think about it, if you've got a group of te a team working and you're encouraging the team to help, so what you're doing by the sounds of it, and correct me if I'm, if I'm, my, my understanding isn't quite there, is creating a culture where the team meet on a regular basis. And we, I think we all know that Zoom is, mm. is feasible for these, these types of meetings now. Cause we've got yeah, absolutely. Uh, is then to say, right, this, this is our successes. This is what I tried. This is what worked. And somebody can say, mm. this is what I tried. This is why it didn't work. And then yeah. the team itself yeah. helps share excellence and coach Absolutely. each other. Absolutely. Yeah. And it creates that, that, that culture of coaching, if you like. You know, coaching doesn't have to be my manager coming out, shadowing me for the day. Coaching can be that five-minute Zoom call where somebody else says, well, these are the questions I asked and, uh, and it led to a really strong conversation. That's coaching. It's a form of coaching, you know, and I don't know why these, a lot of teams don't do that proactively more often. But I think this, this going back out on the road now and after COVID and everything, I think team working's got, will have a lot to, to answer for. And I think the, the teams and organisations that do it well would be the ones that don't just bounce back, but bounce forward. Okay. So do you think, it's, I mean, obviously sales has got a reputation of being quite a masculine and sort of cutthroat business and say target driven. Hmm. So if you think about, in your view, the need to have this much more coaching style, sort of collective helping, that yeah. how, how, as you say, the, the organisation then measures the performance of its sales teams will have an influence on the mm. ease or not of doing this. Yeah. I think, um, I think there's quite a few KPIs you can put in place. I mean, if you're working in a telesales environment, for example, I think the, the, the average length of phone conversations that your telesales people are having should be a little bit longer than normal. If, if, if they're of a better quality, I think if your field salespeople are out on the road, again, th th they potentially may well be in meetings slightly longer where possible. 
to have these better quality conversations and consequently knocking on fewer doors but having better quality longer conversations and i think you know over the coming months maybe because they've done that well in the first instance then you'll see average 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 value of orders increasing slightly as well as a consequence of these of these better conversations and then you'll start you might see sort of cross-selling and upselling going on because these customers now trust you i mean yes they trusted you before but i saw something on linkedin in the early days of lockdown where one lady was treated really really well by a company and then really really badly by another and through lockdown she's kept a, a naughty and nice list of businesses and she says when things get back to normal I'm going to rip up my naughty list and never deal with them companies again because they didn't look after me. Yeah. She, she, she might love their products, love their service, love their price, but because they didn't treat me well, I'm not going to use them again. I'm only going to deal with people who have looked after me. I mean, I think that goes back to a, a previous podcast I had with uh, Charlie and he talks about the story. Right. Okay. The story that or the experience, which goes back to what you're saying. Yeah. About the aspects. Absolutely. So product yes. price is good, but experience will probably trump all of them. You'll you'll be willing to pay. No doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about it whatsoever. Yeah. I'm, I think the customer experience is 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 you know absolutely crucial. They've got to enjoy doing business with you. It's got to be easy to do business with you. People buy from people that they like and they trust. At the end of the day so what you're sort of advocating is that we, we look at how we do sales and the customer experience journey and say let's make the experience of our salespeople, even if we're not selling to them but the experience they have of engaging with our salespeople positive and enjoyable yes because that no doubt about it and then if yes we can't help them now they'll remember that experience and may come back to us later no doubt about it yep definitely i think i think lots of customers really enjoy it when when their sales rep rings them or calls in with no intention of selling them something just to check in, see how things are going, maybe drop them an email with a, with a really interesting article that might help them or something. And, and, and then you're adding so much more value than just what you sell. Yeah. Because then if all of a sudden that company starts to think about, cutting back on suppliers and one thing and another they won't they won't cut you out because they're not just getting what you provide but they're getting all this extra added value as well industry insight knowledge you know although or interesting articles through just genuine added value above and beyond the stuff you actually sell to them and get money for so i think that's 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 going to be crucial and i think the, the the opposite end to that sort of sales relationship is I think what a lot of people experience is when you get a phone call saying, I believe you've been involved in a road traffic accident. <laughs> when was that? And as, these people realize this is not going to be a sale. That they, don't, they don't even say goodbye. The phone just goes down. That's it. Yeah, and that's, absolutely. That's pure numbers driven, hardcore. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'm going to oh. speak to a thousand people and I might get 10 people to say, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It literally is a numbers game. And these people that come on the phone at home and, uh, and they say, hello, Mr. first things first, I'm not trying to sell, to sell you anything. This isn't a sales call. Don't lie to me. Of course it's a sales call. 
be transparent. People will respect that. Okay, so don't lie to me. Don't worry. Yeah. It's about trust, isn't it? If you say you want to build trust, yeah. don't lie. You, don't, you just don't lie to people. You be honest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yes. I don't think yes. that's any different to say uh, we've known each other for a few years is, um, yeah. and been involved in leadership. And I don't think it's much different to being an influential leader, really, isn't it? It's about being Absolutely not. transparent, supporting yeah. people, being there to say, how can I help you achieve what you want to achieve? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I say to, when I'm in workshops with sales teams and we do objection handling, for example, one question I get asked a lot is, how should I respond when my customer says, is this a sales call? And I'll say, okay, what do you think? And half the room go, yeah, I think we should say, yes, it's a sales call. And, and the rest of the room go, oh, no, I don't think so. And, and, and the answer is yes. Is this a sales call? Yes. What I'm here to help you with today, like we have lots of others, is issues like this, 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 this. And just carry on with your normal introduction and get that out there. I think transparency is, 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 is very important. If you say, no, no, this isn't a sales call. Well, why are you ringing me then? Well, I'm just looking to find this. Don't try and sneak in the back door. You know, customers these days are far more switched on than ever. They're going to see right through that. So, so be, be open, honest, and transparent. Okay, please. Good. So basically being everything you want to do to build a relationship with anybody. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. How would you like absolutely. to I'd like that to be like this. I'd like to be open I want this to be yeah. one looking to help me, not just sell to me, which is, I think, is, um, yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is a big shift I think you've got in what you're talking about. It's about quality of conversations, which may yes. be longer, you say, but if they're longer, then our conversion rate's probably going to be higher. Yes. Our value of order's going to be, 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 be higher. Yeah. Compared to, we just need to sell 10 apples. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Reimagine your your targets that you set your salespeople around the quality of conversations they have, rather than the number of, the number of yes number of conversations they have. Yes, absolutely. When I was a, a telesales manager back in the day, I didn't really look at number of dials that my team did. I always looked at the the average call length and and talk time. So how long are they actually talking to customers and what's the average call length of, uh, of each person on the team? That's going to tell me a lot more than, you know, praising someone that's done 180 dials in a day. Because clearly if you've done 180 dials in a day, you've had no quality conversations, no time. <laughs> I'd rather someone do 30 dials in a whole day and have 10 great conversations out of that. Because that's what's going to form relationships and customers of the future. Okay, cool. So there's some great insights there, Rob, and thank you very much for your time. So before you go, mm. as I tend to ask guests now, your top five tips. So you've got these teams coming back together. We've gone yeah. a little bit into sort of the actual sales process and what we think is going to change. Yes. So for sales team to be successful moving forward, coming back, yeah. however you want to um, look, what's your top five things people are organizing? Okay. So some do's and don'ts, if you like. Don't go in with uh, a special offer or something. 
you know, because that just sounds salesy, <laughs> you know, but the, you're there to help and find out what they need rather than, well, we're, we're, we're back from COVID and we've, we've come back with a great special offer for all our customers. No, no, that's just, that's not going to win friends or, or influence people. Don't apologize for calling because, you know, we're back in business now. So while we're saying we're there to help and be more empathetic and all of that, yes, by all means, but also I'm making no apologies for ringing. So there's no, I'm really sorry to disturb you. I know this is a difficult time. Yet it is. Goodbye. And it's very easy to, to get rid of that conical. Do focus on team working. And I include managers of team, uh, teams in that team working approach. Get people in, have training sessions, and and my other tip as well as part of that really is practice make sure you practice before you go back out for the first few times or anything practice get get back up to speed realize and feel again what it feels like to say all the stuff you used to say and think about any differences that that might need to come into your to your interactions and practice them and and finally Questions, questions, questions. Make sure you have great business conversations. What has the impact been? What are the consequences of that? Why is that important to you? How soon do you need to turn that around? Have these conversations through a lens of genuine curiosity. Okay, lovely. So thank you very much, uh, Rob, for your time. And hopefully thank you. you've got some tips there on what you can do to become a stellar sales team. Uh, moving absolutely to post-covid new normal whatever that may actually look like yeah so, you know where i am if you if you need any support i'm here <laughs> thank you very much thank you